Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Well, listen, church, I've been, I've been, I've been asking the Lord because, you know, I don't get to come down here and do series too much anymore. So they're, so they're kind of one-off messages and seeing what the Lord has for me. And he kind of seems to be keeping me on the same topic. And I'll tell you, you know, the, when I was asking, what, what is it that you wanted me to minister on? He said, well, what, what is the one thing that's speaking into your heart more than anything else? What, 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 is, what is being staple? What, what, is, what is the word that's coming up to your heart? And I'm going to tell you, it's the same thing that's been going on in my heart for here for a set, probably a couple years now. It's the same word. Amen. It's the same word, intimacy. Amen. It's intimacy. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, church, this word intimacy is not just, it is not just a word for 2022. Amen. You hear all the preachers say, oh, here's the, here is the word for this year. Well, that's not the word for this year. This is a word for a lifestyle. This is a word for a lifetime. Amen. It's a word for this age we're living in. It's not even necessarily a word it's, uh, def- just for the age we're living in. Maybe specifically, it's a word for this day and this age that we're living in. And I'm telling you, church, if we, until we can get to that place of intimacy, until we can get to that place of, of full surrender unto him, church, listen, we're not, we're not we're going to be missing. We're going to be missing the things that he has for us. Amen. We're going to be missing the things that he has for us. I'm telling you, Jesus, this is what he, this is why he purchased us. This is what he wants. He wants intimacy with his people. He don't want you just repeating a prayer and then doing whatever, whatever you want for the rest of your life, showing up to church two times a year. No, he, he, he wants all of you. I mean, he don't want just a portion of you. I mean, he desires to have everything about you. Just like when you get married to, to, to your wife or your husband, it's all or nothing. You don't get just a part, you get all of it. And he desires all of you. I mean, see, this is the whole reason why you were created. I mean, there was a, such a dynamic flow of love from between the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. So such a dynamic flow between the three of them and that place of perichoresis that, that they had to have someone else to love. Amen. So he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make man. I'm going to make them in my likeness. I'm going to make them in my image. Why? So I can reveal that love unto them. Oh, church, I'm telling you, you, you want to know why you're created? It's because God loves you. He, need, he needs somewhere to place that love. It's so much love flowing through him. You know, he, he had to have someone else to, to initiate it with. This is why this, they say that God is love. Amen. It's not that God does love. I mean, so we think, oh, God's loving. No, no, God's loving because he is love. It's not something he tries to do. It's something who he is. Amen. It's his nature. He can't do anything outside of love because love is who he is. Amen. And when that love became so ignited on the inside of him, then he wanted to divide us in. He said, I need a bigger family. I need more people to love. I need more people to pour out my, my goodness upon it. And see, the, the amazing thing about love is when love is released and it's received, amen, church, it has to come to this place of uh, reciprocity. It has to come to this place of reciprocation. Amen. Because anything sent out will come back. Love gets sent out and it needs to come back. And this is what he's desiring from you. He's sending out love for you, but he's desiring to bring it back. He's sending out love for you, Melvin. Why? Because he wants your love. He's desiring your love. He wants it. Why? So he can pour it back. Why? Because everything in the kingdom of God is seen time and harvest. Amen. He's pouring us into it. Why? So, so it can produce a harvest so he can receive off of it. Amen. Because this is how good our God is. I'm going to tell you, church, this is probably my whole, this is probably my mission until the day Jesus comes back. Amen. Is to wake up what Jesus desires for his church. Amen. To come back into this place of union, 
union and communion, amen, whether it be me, myself, because he's speaking to me in a lot of these things, and the church, amen. We all need to come back to this place where we get fully surrendered in his goodness. Church, we need to get surrendered into intimacy with the Holy One. I mean, this, this is the call, amen? This is the word. This is the desire for our God is to, is to get completely surrendered into this place, amen? I'm telling you, I'm, I think I've come to this place where I'm completely convinced. I'm completely convinced by what the Lord's leading me, by what he's speaking to me and what he's speaking to other people. I, I'm, I've come to this place of being absolutely convinced that we are never going to see the things here on this earth that the early church sought until we, until we make that shift in our desire, until we make that shift to, be, to desire to become in, intimate with him. I mean, I'm telling you, you're never, we're never going to, you say, what am I saying? We're not going to see all the miracles that we saw in the early church. Listen, we see miracles. I've seen, I've seen some amazing miracles in my life, amen, but, but we're not going to see them in the, we're not going to see them in the quantity that the early church saw them unless we get to that place of getting fully saturated in them. Until we get to that place of being fully saturated in his presence. I'm going to tell you, church, they knew something we don't. The early church, you know, they, they, they knew something we don't. I mean, many people, many people think this is a, you know, that God poured out an anointing upon them that can't become upon this church, and that's not necessarily true. They just knew something we didn't know. Amen. That if you can get completely, totally, and utterly infatuated with him, Amen. That he will begin to move through you. That he will open up the kingdoms of heaven. You will, excuse me, Lord, the kingdom of heavens are already open. You will understand that they're already opened above you. Amen. You'll be able to flow in the things that he has for us. Amen. But we got to get infatuated. We got to get so saturated with his presence, with his goodness, that we are literally dripping. I mean, dripping with his anointing coming off of us. And we begin to affect everyone we come in contact with. Amen, but we're going to have to get that saturated. See, this is what the early church were doing. I mean, they got so saturated in his presence. You know, they saw John and Peter walking down the street, and they said, oh, 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 there's John and Peter. Let's let's go get into their presence. All I got to do is get close enough for their shadow can touch me, and I know I'm going to get healed. Go get grandma. Go get mother. Go get our son. Go get our neighbor. Whoever's sick, let's put them into his presence, because if we can get into the presence just where that shadow is, listen, I know we're going to get healed. I know we're going to get healed. And I'm telling you, see, this is what he's speaking to you. That's what he's saying to you, Anthony. That's why he, he, he wants people looking down there and say, oh, here comes Anthony. Anthony's coming down the street. Oh, go get our neighbor. They're sick. Maybe his shadow can heal him. Lee says what he wants you. When you walk into a room, that people get healed just because of the saturation of his goodness that's on you. Not something you have to work for. It's just who you are. It's just what you carry. Why? Because you carry the God of the universe on the inside of you. And we need to get to know him. We need to get to know him. Why? Because he wants to release some amazing things through you. He wants to release some amazing things through you, but we're going to have to get to know him. We're going to have to get to know not, not know me, amen. No, you get to know him. You're going to have to get to know him and everything that he desires for you, amen. I mean, because I'm telling you, the apostles weren't different. They weren't any different than we are. I mean, they're just more submitted than we are. Amen. And God's not, not pouring out something that, that, that on them that he's not pouring out on us. And people say, oh, well, he ain't pouring out. That, that, just, that died with the apostles. No, it didn't die with the apostles. You know, intimacy died with the apostles. I mean, I'm telling you, God's trying to stir those things back up. 
I mean, he's trying to stir them back up because he desires to do. We, we are on the brink of the greatest revival this earth has ever seen. And I'm telling you, it's not going to come with an unfamiliarity with God. Amen. It's not gonna, and it's not going to come with a too over-familiarity with him either. Amen. It's going to come through a place of intimacy. Not trying to look cool. Not trying to be the big boy on campus. But just being submitted into him, into everything we do. I'm telling you, church. How many of y'all know it's in God's goodness? It's in his goodness that he doesn't pour things upon us that we're not able to receive. Hmm? Oh, I'm believing for that. I'm believing. Well, I'm telling you, sometimes it's 100% of the time it's in God's goodness is why he's not pouring these things out. Listen, if he would have poured out uh, some of the miracles that I see nowadays that, that when I first got in ministry 15 years ago, I'm telling you, I would have been, I would have thought, uh, well, I'd have been the most arrogant person you've ever came into your, into your contact with. And it would have been hard for him to get a hold of me. Why? Because I would have been, oh, it's me. I'm the big man. I'm the one that did all these things. But see, in his grace, in his mercy, his compassion, he didn't pour those things out of me. Why? Because I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle the weight of it. It would have crushed me. It would have drove me out of ministry, just like you see people every day walking away from the things of God. Amen. No, he wants to prepare you. He wants to give you a good, strong foundation so that he can pour his goodness upon each and every one of you. Let, let me, let's just go there. Let's go to Acts chapter 5 here for a minute. Let's, let's, talk, about, let's, let's talk about these scriptures because they're just too powerful not to talk about. You know, in Acts chapter 5, we pick up there right where Ananias and Sapphira were, the counterfeits. I mean, the counterfeits came into the church and they, they, they saw everything that was going on and they, man, they're like, man, this is good stuff, you know? And they began to, to, to put on a facade, I mean, a counterfeit, they became a fraud, I mean, began to, to lie to the Holy Ghost. And then what happened? You know, they ended up dying. You know, they came to meet with, meet with Peter and Peter said, listen, did you do such and such? And they said, he said, yeah, yeah, we did. And he said, well, listen, you're not lying to me. You're lying to the Holy Ghost. And, and you hear those feet, they're coming to pick you up because you're fixing to die. And what happened? He fell out and died. Then his beautiful wife came, the same thing happened. You say, why is that? God, man, God was so mean. God was so mean. No, it wasn't God taking care of him. And it wasn't Peter prophesying death over him. No, it was what? It was the counterfeit. When the counterfeit walked into the room, listen, it opened up the door for the Satan to come in and absolutely destroy him. I'm telling you, the counterfeit, listen to me, church. The counterfeit was never, and it was never permitted in the church. It's only permitted in the church now. It never was permitted in the church in the past. Amen. Why? Because you had men like Peter. You had like men of old that would actually stand up and speak the word of God, hear from the Holy Ghost. And they would stop those things where we didn't have false doctrines. We didn't have garbage getting settled in the church. We wouldn't have the culture of the church, uh, world coming into the church. Amen. Only in this day and age we're living in now do we see those things happening. Amen. Those things are going to have to stop. Those, are, those things are going to have to stop. We're going to have to get hooked up with what God has for us, amen, and press into those things. Here in, here in uh, let's pick that up here in verse 11. It says, and a great fear came upon all the church and upon many as that heard these things. I'm telling you, great fear came upon the church because they're like, oh, man, and God is actually the God of power, amen. So how many of y'all know the church is a place of protection, amen? But see, it can't be if, if it's a counterfeit. Hmm? Because death comes with a counterfeit. Amen. Amen. But it is a place of protection. So what did it do? It brought a, a holy fear upon all the men. But not only them, all the people that saw. Because they're like, oh man, those, those crazy Christians over there, man, their God, their God's their God's crazy. He has actual power. He's not like these dead gods we have that don't speak. 
in verse 12, and it says, And by the hands of the apostles were, were many signs and wonders among them uh, uh, were wrought among the people, and they were all in one accord in Solomon's porch. And in verse 13 it says, And the rest durst not uh, no man join himself to, but the people magnified them. But the people magnified them. But the people magnified them. Listen, I believe this is probably one of the, the greatest problems or one of the greatest reasons why the church is not, in this, in this hour, is not able to handle what God is desiring to pour on us. We're not able to, to operate or receive the power and the anointing that God has for us. You say, what is that? Listen, church, we're so self-conscious. We're so insecure, and we're so full of pride. I'm done. I'll see y'all y'all later. (laughs) Hmm? But we are so self-conscious, insecure, which is being full of pride. Amen. We will not not say no to anything that's not of God. We say, oh, just come on in. Why? Because, you know, if I I say yes to everything and I allow everything like the world wants it, maybe, just maybe, you'll say you'll like me. But when has the mission of the church ever been to have the world say that you like us? For the world to say they accept us. That's never been the mission of the church. The mission of the church is to release the kingdom of God. Those that want to receive it, we're going to receive it. Those that don't, they won't. And never for us to look like them and desire for us to, to be like them. Amen. That, that's never been the mission. Jesus himself said in John chapter, 15, uh, chapter 15, verse 18, he says, if the world hates you, he goes, don't be a good comfort, guys. He goes, they hated me first. I mean, we ought to look like our king. We need to act like our king. Jesus, the world hated him. Why? Because he spoke truth wherever he went, but he operated in power. But truth came out. Not Jewish doctrine. Truth came out. I mean, not what, not what mommy and dad are saying. No, truth came out. Truth of the word of God, truth and what, and what the Lord was speaking to him and through him came out. And I'm telling you, church, when you begin to start standing on truth, Don't make people a little uncomfortable around you. Amen. But see, that truth, when we release truth, it gives people the opportunity to either receive it or reject it. Amen. We're just giving people the opportunity to what? To receive it or reject it. Amen. They get the choice. All we got to do is we got to be the sowers. Amen. Hallelujah. Church, we need to stop being the hypocrites. I think we'd start going in a good direction, you know. I mean, we've gotten so far, we've gotten so far off balance, I think, that we think that we can tell Jesus that what he told us in his word in John chapter 15, that that's not going to happen with us. You know, they may have hated you, Jesus. They ain't going to hate me. They're going to love me. And I'm telling you, if, that, if that's the case, we're doing something wrong. I mean, that's what, that's what we call the hypocrite. That's, that's what Jesus called the hypocrite, the one that wears two masks. Amen. I'll wear this mask when I'm in front of you, and I'm going to wear this mask when I'm in front of you. Amen. Jesus says we need to do away with the masks. Amen. And, ju- and just be the child, be a son and a daughter of God. Amen. Because if we wear the masks in church, the people don't get to see it. They don't get to see the kingdom. They won't ever get to make the choice because they're not seeing it on the inside of us. Here in verse 14, it says, and the believers were... And the believers were more, uh, more added to the, to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women. And so much that they brought forth the sick into the streets, and they laid them on the beds and the couches, at, at least at the shadow of Peter, passing by might overshadow them. 
And there came also a multitude out of the, out of the cities around them in Jerusalem, bringing sick folk and them that were, were vexed of unclean spirits. And, them, and he healed every one of them. I, I find that an absolutely amazing verse. As, as Peter and, them, as, and, and the rest of the crew, as they're doing the will of God, what God asked for them, it says that they brought the vexed out. Amen. And they brought the, their vexed with spirits. They brought the people that were, that were sick. And every one of them got healed. Every single one of them. I tell you, you know what that looks like? It looks like Jesus. I mean, it looks like Jesus. Anyone that believed that came to him received exactly what they're believing for. They all, they all got uh, the devil cast out if that's what they're desiring. They all wanted to be healed. They received it. Why? Because Jesus walked in full intimacy and full power with the Holy Spirit. The, these disciples knew something that the church isn't walking in now. Amen. They're walking in that full anointing too. Why? Because everywhere they went, everyone who had a demon, it got cast out. The sick came from them. It didn't matter what kind of sickness they had, whether it was a cough or their legs weren't on. Listen, they, they all got healed. They all got healed. And I'm telling you, that's absolutely powerful. Why? Because when the word goes forth, the word brings, the word brings uh, conviction. When conviction goes forth, people can begin to see the kingdom of God coming through you. And what happens? Things begin to change. Things will begin to change. As a consequence, what happens? Devils, devils leave. Amen? Sicknesses leave. Sicknesses leave. It's as simple as this. I'm telling you, I've seen amazing healings in my life. Amazing I've seen tumors shrink down underneath my hands. I've seen cancer leave. I've seen feet get healed. I've seen legs get extended. I've seen epilepsy leave. Amen. I've, we've laid hands on a person right in the middle of a cardiac arrest, and it instantly stopped. Instantly stopped. Blood pressure went right back down. But I'm telling you, church, we are not in that place where we have seen every single person that comes into our presence receive what God has from. Why? Because we got something missing. We got something missing. We got something we're not we're not yielded to. And listen, church, we need to get yielded into that place. Amen. If we if we're going to do the things that Jesus has for us, jump back up there to, to verse fifteen. And I think this 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 will point something out to you here. It says, "In so much that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on the beds and the couches, at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow them. That the shadow of Peter might uh, come uh, passing by might overshadow them." Now listen. We need, to get, we need to get past some of our misconceptions first before we can allow God to begin to operate through us. You say, what is that? Listen, church, you don't need any more healing scriptures or healing teaching. Amen. We got enough of it. Amen. We talk about healing probably every single week, multiple times a week in this church. We have enough teaching on it. Amen. You got Brother Hagen. You got what's going on up in Derry. We got amazing ministers that are preaching these things nonstop. It's the same thing with faith. You don't need faith. You got the greatest measure of faith already on the inside of you. You don't need more teaching on it. You need to begin to yield unto it. I mean, we need to begin to yield into those things. Now, now we're not going to stop teaching healing. We're not going to stop teaching faith. Because why? Because there's going to be a time in your, in your lives when you walk forth and, and Jesus is going to look at you and say, you know what? Pull that person out of that wheelchair because I want them healed. And you're going to have to step off, not even thinking about it, grab them by the hand, command them to be healed and raise them up to their feet. You're going to have to come to this place where, where you see someone with cancer and the Lord saying, I want you to go to the hospital and lay hands on that person because I want them healed. Amen. And you instantly go and act upon it. You instantly go and act upon it. But it's not because, oh, I listened to my, 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 eight, my, 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 my scriptures today, or I listened, to, I listened to this message, and now I can do it. No, it's just finally beginning to come into the place where we yield unto it. Amen. We yield unto it. We begin to act in what, on what God has already given us. Amen. 
that he's already given us. I mean, I know that he's already given you these things. I mean, if you, if you want to do these things in mass, if we want to see mass healings take place, mass people coming to Christ, listen, church, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to allow the kingdom of God actually to flow through you to shake a city. I mean, but it's going to have to come through you. Jesus isn't going to come down and do it. I mean, do, do you realize that? Jesus isn't going to come down and do it for you. No, he nominated you. I mean, he nominated you. You know, that, that's, that's, why, that's why you've been saved. That's, 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 why, that's why you got baptized. I mean, because he nominated you, Donna. He nominated you. And he wants to release his goodness. He wants to release his power through you. He wants to change the very environment of the, of the estate you live in. But he's going to do it through you. He's not going to say, I'm going to come do it by myself. He says, you know what? I pick you. I choose you. Now come get filled up with me. Get so consumed with me where you're not going to have to go try and do these things. As soon as you step into a room, things are going to begin to change just because of the presence you're carrying. I tell you, church, we don't have to work for these things. We just got to carry it. We just got to carry it. We just got to carry his goodness. Amen. We have to allow his goodness to become so, we become so intimate with him that his goodness, his glory, his anointing overshadows everything we come in contact with. Hmm? How many of y'all know a shadow doesn't heal? Shadows don't heal. Amen. So we, we go, oh man, I just, I mean, we, we all say this, you know, but I want my, I, you know, get close enough, I want my shadow to heal people. Listen, your shadows don't heal. Your shadow doesn't heal. You say, well, what, 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 was, what was this being said there that they can get close enough to a shadow that it might overshadow them? Listen, the shadow is a proximity word. They're saying, listen, I can just get close enough to where that, that, that shadow, that's all, I, don't, I don't have to come touch the garment like Jesus. I just want, if I can just get close enough and that shadow can get near me, I know I'll get healed. That's a bold statement. That's a, that's a bold statement. Amen. You say, why is that? It's because we need to focus on this other word, this over, uh, other word, uh, overshadow. I mean, it's not shadow we need to focus on. You need to focus on overshadow. It says that his, that his shadow would overshadow them. That word overshadow is a beautiful word in the Greek. Amen. It's the Greek word episkiazo. It's the same word that was, it's the same word that was used in Luke, I think, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 35, I believe it was, when, when it talks about Mary, when she was talking with the angel, and the angel told her, he said, he said listen, the, the Holy Ghost, the power of God, the anointing of God is going to come and overshadow you. It's going to overshadow you, and then is what's going to happen. You're going to get impregnated with the seed of God. Amen. As he comes over and he completely consumes you and overshadows you. That Greek word, episkiazo, it means literally to be cast a shade, uh, to cast shade or a shadow upon. That I like the help word study here. It says, it is used in the New Testament of God as an overshadowing presence of God, which always brings his plan to pass. Isn't that beautiful? It, it, is, it is the overshadowing presence of God that always brings his will to pass. That's what episkiazo means. That's what overshadowing means. That, that you, so his presence can be so infilled and, and full upon us that, that it brings his will to pass. Amen. See, see, this is how healing takes place. It's like, you know, uh, uh, healing, healing, when it goes forth, it, listen, it, it should be coming, flowing through each and every one of us. Amen. How many of y'all know it's God's will for you to be healed? Amen. You say, how do you know that? Well, because God didn't create sickness. He didn't create disease. No, the, the door got open for the adversary to bring forth sickness and disease when man sinned and man fall, fell, falled, a good English word there, fell in the garden. Amen. And it opened up the door to where the curse had come upon him. What Satan said, listen, I'm going to kill what you love. 
I'm going to kill what you love. But see, what did Jesus do in Acts 10, verse 38? It says that Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were, that were sick, all that were oppressed of the devil. Why? Because God was with them. See, if Jesus went about healing all that were oppressed of the devil, how dare Jesus do something that God didn't want him to do? I mean, if God's the one putting sickness and disease, Jesus, how dare you go take something off someone that God put on them? Amen. But see, that's not the case, right? Jesus went about rebuking, casting off everything that Satan was putting upon God's people. Amen. Why? Because God was with them. I mean, I know that Jesus was victorious in everything that he did. Amen. Jesus came down here to what? To defeat Satan, defeat his schemes, defeat darkness. And he brought forth victory. He conquered. He didn't lose. See, many of us, I think we think that Jesus failed. Jesus didn't fail in anything. He is absolutely victorious. We just got to believe it. We got to know it. Why? Because the Bible says that all things have been placed underneath his feet. And he has given him to be head over all things of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Listen, if everything's been placed underneath Jesus' feet, thank God we're the body. Why? Because that means you may be a foot. Everything has been placed underneath you as well. Oh, y'all should be getting excited over these things, church. I mean, see, if, you don't, if these things don't start vibrating on the inside of you, you're going to walk outside. So, <coughs> I think I, I don't know what he's talking about. But listen, if you, if you will grab a hold of the word of God and get excited about it, believe what he has to say, it will revolutionize your life. It will revolutionize your life. Amen. We just got to grab a hold of it. Because I'm telling you, church, our Jesus, he didn't fail. Our, our Jesus, he didn't fail. I mean, he didn't fail with his disciples. I'm telling you, he didn't fail with you either. Amen. We just got to begin to get submitted unto it. You say, well, how did Peter, how did, how did the boys, how did they get so engulfed in his presence? Amen. To where, to where these things were happening, where he'd walk down the street and, and people were, 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 were getting healed. Listen, listen, that saturation, it, it, this isn't something that just happened with them. It's the same thing that happened with Moses. Amen. Moses on the Mount Sinai, what did he do when he came down? He was glowing from the presence of God. Amen. And God was overshadowing him with his anointing and glory. What did he put a veil on so people couldn't see it? Actually, to where they couldn't see when it lifted off of them. Amen. But people could recognize it. Jesus, when he went on the, on the place of the Mount of Transfiguration, what happened? He, he got so engulfed in the anointing and the goodness of God. It says that he, he began to shine like light from the inside out. Amen. I'm telling you, church, this, this anointing, this, it's, it's, it's tangible. It's tangible. People will recognize it on you. I can recognize it when it comes into a service. I can recognize it when it's on someone. But it's not just you. The world will begin to recognize it. The world will be, see, the world recognize it on them. The world recognize it on these people. Amen. This, this, what what they say? What, what even verse are we on here? It says that they, that, 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 that they magnify them. They didn't want to join themselves unto them. Amen, but they magnified them, didn't they? They didn't want to, they said, oh, I'm not going to enjoy those, those crazy tongue talkers over there that believe all this stuff, but listen, I know exactly who they are. I've, God works through them. Amen, why? Because they could see it on them. The question is, is God's, are people seeing anything on us? Hmm? I'm telling you. They're about to. Amen. They're about to. They're about to. Amen, we just got to keep on pressing. We need to keep on we need to keep on, you know, jumping into what he has for us. Because I'm going to tell you the truth of the matter is, church, his presence, his presence and his foundation of the world will not only change everything about you, it will change everything about the people around you. Amen. We get so saturated in his goodness. I mean, it can't help. You don't have to put it on people. It just drips on people and changes their lives. Amen. This is where we need to be. This is where we need to be. 
You say, well, pastor, man, I've been, I've been dealing with sickness. I've been dealing with disease. I've been dealing with addiction. And I believe that God will do all these things, but I'm still struggling with these things. Listen, church, this is when you go, go a little bit deeper. Just go a little bit deeper. Get a little bit freer. Amen. Allow yourself to get just a little bit more saturated. And the more saturated you get with his presence, it will disperse everything that's not of him and begin to drive it out. It will begin to purge everything that's not of him out of your body. Amen. Because I'm telling you, he is that good if we'll just allow him to do it. Amen. You know, I saw this meme, I guess, that... uh, I saw this meme the other, the other day, and it got it got me thinking that because uh, I, I think it's I think it's rubbish, but it's uh, but it, but it says you know faith over fear. You know, have, you, have y'all ever seen that? And and listen, don't get mad at me if y'all posted it on Facebook or something. But 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 it, but anyhow, you know, you see all this faith over fear stuff, and faith over fear, faith over fear. And, you know, and 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 the more you think about that, the more you more you sit down and, and realize what what's going on here. That that faith over fear comment is not really. It's not really someone releasing faith. It's really just pointing a finger at someone else that doesn't have the revelation that you have, and it's making fun of them. You're calling them a sissy. Listen, you're a sissy. You, you got COVID. You're a sissy. You got faith over fear, buddy. You know. So I'm gonna post this meme on, on Facebook, and now I'm gonna be the powerful of God. Well, listen, church. Listen, we shouldn't be discounting people because they don't have the same revelation we have. They're never gonna receive that revelation if we point the finger at them and tell them how weak they are. Amen. So what do we do? We use those, uh, those as opportunities to teach people. Amen. Not point the finger and yell at them and make fun of them. Amen. Hmm. Not make fun of them. Amen. But, but, allow, them to, but allow them to receive what we have. Because really, faith, faith and fear, those two are not opposites. Amen. Fear is not the antithesis of faith. Oh, come on, church. You know, doubt and unbelief is not the antithesis of faith. Amen. It is a secondary consequence. You say, well, what is it? Well, if you, if you look according to the word, you know, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says what? It says that we walk by faith, not by, we walk by faith, not by, we walk by faith, not by. So if, we, if, you're, if you're looking for the opposite, the antithesis of faith, what is it? It is our senses. It's our senses. Being driven by our senses, not be driven by faith. Not having faith in the word of God, but having faith in what our senses say. Having faith in what you touch, taste, smell, feel, or hear, or see. Amen. We put our faith in those things. Listen, that becomes the opposite of faith in the word of God. Amen. That becomes the opposite in the, in the, in the, in the faith of the word of God. You say, well, what, what is the, the primary, uh, primary consequence if that's a secondary consequence? The primary consequence is when we, when we go by what we see, when we go by what we hear, when we go by what we feel. Amen. It starts to, we start getting these thoughts in our minds, right? And it changes what we think. And when something changes the way you think, you begin to meditate on what you think, what happens? It'll drop down into your spirit. And when it drops down into your spirit, it'll change what you believe. And when you change what you believe, then it changes what you do. It changes your expression of faith. It'll change what you say. It'll change the places you go. It'll change your actions that you do. So what, so what is the primary consequence of going by sight? Amen. It'll change the way you think. Amen. What's the secondary consequence? It'll, it'll, it'll make you a doubter. It'll make you unbelief. Amen. It will, it will put you in a place where you're in fear. Amen. See, well, all right. Let me, let me, let me give it a little better example here. See, these, these, these gifts here that God, that God gave us with our senses, they're, they're absolutely amazing. And thank God for them. Amen. Why? Because they can, they can actually confirm things that we're believing God for. They can confirm things that our faith has. But listen, we can't be led by them. Right? See, how many of y'all know that the Holy Spirit's in this place? 
Hmm? So we got like three people. Praise God. I think I showed up to the wrong church this morning. You know? See, how do we know the Holy Spirit's in this place? You know, people say, oh, man, you know, when that worship is gone, man, I got goosebumps. You know, you know, people praying for people. I saw people fall out. You know, the presence of God, man, he, he was in this place. That's not proof that the that presence of God is in here. That's not, present, that's not proof that the Holy Spirit's in here. You say, why is that? Because I see, I've gone to rock concerts, you know, before I got saved, you know. And Kimberly dragged me to every one of them. Amen. We went to these rock concerts. And I'm telling you, I got, I got chills going up and down my body because of all the energy that was going on there. I saw people falling out under influence. Not the influence of the Holy Spirit, but they're falling out under an influence. Amen. But see, that wouldn't prove that Holy Spirit was in that place. Amen. Now, what's the proof that Holy Spirit's in this place? Because what the Word says, He says, He'll never leave me, He'll never forsake me. What's the proof that, that, that Holy Spirit's in here? Because I showed up. Because you showed up. Amen. We are the temple of the living God. The proof is what the Word says. It's not a proof in what I feel. It's not a proof I get goosebumps or not. I can care less about that. But if I do get it, man, it just confirms what I already know on the inside of me. See, if we can get to this place with healing, we can begin to to believe the Word of God so, so intact. It doesn't matter what you feel like. You know what? Your senses will begin to change because of what you believe. Amen. But see, if you're led by your senses, it will change what you believe. Amen, but we have to allow what we believe to change our senses. It'll change the way you feel. It'll change the way you see. It'll change, it'll change the way you speak. And it'll change things you hear. Amen. It'll change your flesh if we'll allow it to. Amen. Well, listen, before I get too far off track, because I am already out of time, but I'm not going to stop yet. We're going to go to John chapter 20, because this was really where I wanted to go today. And that I'll make, um, will not keep you too long. See, the whole point I'm trying to make here, church, is if, we, if we'll put our full faith and trust in Jesus, if we'll put our, our full faith and trust in him and not what we feel, not what we sense, amen, it will draw us into this, this place of peculiar intimacy, of exclusive intimacy that's only designed for a son and a daughter. That's only designed for us, but we, but we have to be pursued into it. We need to be wooed into it. So here in chapter 20, I, lo- I, love, these, I, love, I love these verses here. This is, this is after Jesus has, uh, has already, has already uh, died on the cross. He's been placed in the tomb. And we, we, we see here on verse 20, or chapter 20, verse 1, it says, The first day of the week, which is a Sunday morning, it says, Cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulcher, and he sees the stone taken away from the sepulcher. You know, the, the first day of the week, you know, we, we see that Mary Magdalene came alone. Now, where were the disciples? Where were the apostles? Where were the boys that were, that were called to change the world? Where were they at? Where, where were those boys at? I mean, what, 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 were they, what were they doing? Why was it that Mary came to this place and the boys didn't come? You know, listen, they didn't even help Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, you know, put Jesus in the tomb. What, what, were, they, what were they doing? What were these boys doing? I'll tell you what they're doing. They permitted their grief. They permitted their sorrow. They permitted their self-pity. They permitted their fear. Amen. To drive them in the place of what? Of hiding. Of hiding. Amen, they let their senses drive them into a place of hiding. But see, this woman that had seven devils cast out of her, her Mary's Mary, uh, name was Mary Magdalene, had seven demons cast out of her. She became so infatuated, so engulfed with God that, that she said, you know what, I don't care. I'm going to leave before dark. I'm going to leave before anyone gets up. Why? Because I need him. 
I need Him. I mean, I don't care about fear. I don't care about what's going to happen to the church. I don't care about all that other stuff. I know one thing, I need Him. And I'm going to go get Him. And I'm going to go get them. So what did she do? She woke up early in the morning. Everyone else is in fear. Probably couldn't even go to sleep that night. She picked herself up. She went to the tomb. Why? She wanted to, she wanted to go chasing after Jesus. She wanted to go chasing after Jesus. And I'm telling you, church, this, this is the posture we need to have. And we, we see that, that, uh, uh, that when she went there, uh, she went uh, to the tomb and when it was dark and uh, she saw the stone taken away, she went, she went over and began to, to, she ran back home and began to tell the boys, you know, hey, man, y'all may need to do something. Someone's taken my king. Someone's taken my Lord. Amen. Why are, you know, what, I don't know what you're doing. Y'all need to go find out something. We need, to, we need to fix this. Someone has taken my Lord. And then here in verse 5, let's pick it up here. And it says, and he, and he, this is when John and Peter ran into the tomb. It says that Peter came down. He's stooping, he stooping down, looked in, and saw the linen clothes lying, yet he went not in. And then it says in verse 6 that they, then cometh Simon Peter. Oh, excuse me. John was there looking. Now Simon Peter comes, and he followed him in. And Peter, the bold one, just, just marched right into the, right into the tomb and he saw the linen clothes lying there a napkin that was about his head lying with the linen clothes but but not wrapped together because it's by himself you say why is that because jesus didn't unwrap himself when he got his glorified body when he came out of hell he just walked right through it amen just like he just walked right through the doors and and the walls when he came to visit the disciples it's the same thing we're going to be able to do when we get our glorified bodies he just he just he just went right through this cloth so it was just laying there right where it stood and then, then, when, uh, then when in the other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw first, and then he believed. He believed what? That Jesus resurrected? No. No, because the very next verse says, for, for, as, for as of yet they knew not the scriptures, for he must be risen again from the dead. It says, then the disciples went again, and they went to their own home. And they went to their own home. I find that absolutely amazing. The disciples went there. They saw exactly like she said. Then what did they do? They went home. They went home. Oh, I quit. Oh, you're right, Mary. Yeah, someone's told them. I'm going home. I'm going home. You know, they didn't do anything that Jesus asked them to do. I mean, they didn't, they didn't sit there and take a second look. They didn't, they didn't come to the place to begin to pray. They didn't go to the mountain. They didn't go to, to, the, to the Garden of Gethsemane. They didn't go to any of the places that the king already had trained them up to do, to go, to go seek out the Father in the name of Jesus. No, they didn't do any of that. What they do? They went back home. They, they hung their heads in despair, amen, and went back home to live a lifestyle of confusion and despair. I'm telling you, if it sounded anything like the church today, I'm telling you, it sounded like this. Oh, man, that ain't fair. Man, that ain't fair. I can't believe, man. They, 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 not only did Jesus die, but man, he, he, you know, they, they stole him. Man, I sure wish it was just me. If it was just me instead of him, everything would be God. Well, that wasn't the will of God. And that wasn't the will of God. Amen. Why? Because those men, they couldn't give up their life. They couldn't be the sacrifice that he was. It wasn't the will of God. Listen, if we, if we get in that place of intimacy and press in to see what the things got, listen, I'm telling you, revelation will get revealed unto you. Revelation will get re revealed into the church. This was not his will. If we just taken notes, if, they, if these disciples would have just taken notes of what Jesus, Jesus said, maybe they would have went to pray. Maybe they would have went to the, the place of intimacy instead of running home with their tails tucked between their legs, wondering, whoa, what are we going to do now? Woe is me. Nothing worked out the way I wanted it to be. You know, went, went off in fear and despair. I'm telling you, they, they would have had some, something amazing, an encounter like Mary was about to have. I'm going to tell you, church, our own pride and our own doubting what the, the doubt and what the Lord says, 
I'm telling you, church, will, it, it will bring us out of the place of, of intimacy and into the place of confusion, amen, the place of fear. When we, when we are doubting the things that he said, we, we need to yield unto him. Listen, you know, revelation, how many of y'all know where we get revelation? You get revelation in the, in the secret place. You get to know him in the secret place. Hmm. In verse 11, it says that Mary stood without the, out the tomb weeping, and she wept, and she stooped down, and she looked in. She looked in. I'm telling you, we could, we could learn a little bit from this woman. She didn't run home in disappointment. She didn't let her disappointment draw her away from Jesus. She let her disappointment draw her to Jesus. She, met her, she let her disappointment draw her into this place where, where, where Jesus is going to have no choice but to come and visit her. What did she do? She took a second look. I'm telling you, that's probably one of the most powerful scriptures in the word there. She, took, she was willing to take a second look. And she didn't run home. No, she, she took a second look. She was so hungry. She was so thirsty for the things of God. Amen. That wasn't going to happen. She's going to have to get filled. I mean, see, if we can get so hungry and thirsty for the things that we got a promise from the word here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. It says, if we can hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you can hunger and thirst after Jesus, you will be filled. But you're going to have to hunger. You're going to have to thirst after these things. And then she saw two angels. She saw two angels, uh, uh, two angels in white sitting, one, one at the head and the other, and the other at their feet where, where the body of Jesus was laying. And he said unto her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said, because they have taken my Lord and I don't, and I don't know where they've taken him. She's talking to angels here, but she doesn't care. Why? Because she wanted her Lord. She didn't care about the angels. She's looking, she's sitting there looking, seeing angels in there. Well, what are you weeping for? Because they've taken my Lord and I want to find them. She didn't care anything about them, which is absolutely powerful. And when, and when he had, and when she had said that she turned around and, and, and she saw, and she saw Jesus standing there, she just didn't recognize him. She didn't know it was Jesus. And Jesus said unto her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener unto him, she said, sir, if you have borne him hence, tell me where you've laid him and I'll go take him away. And I love this. Jesus, he just says, Mary. He just says, Mary. I'm going to tell you that, 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 that voice of intimacy, well, you, may, you may not be able to recognize someone. You may not be able to see him. But I'm telling you, when you're intimate with someone, all they have to do is just call your name. And I'm telling you, it will catch your attention every time. Amen. So she can call me from, from anywhere around the world. Amen. I'm telling you, all, all, she, all she has to do is say Ryan, how she normally does. The intimate Ryan. I'm telling you, I can pick it up. No one can fake it. No one can fake it. And why? Because we're intimate with one another. I mean, we, 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 there's a level of intimacy that no one else will have with me. And listen, when, she, when that voice goes off, I know exactly who it is. Amen. That's the same way Jesus gave her that intimate voice, Mary. Mary. And she, and she turned to him. And what she did, she went over and grabbed him. He said, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't, don't hold on to me. Don't grab hold of me because I still need to go to the Father. I need to go to my Father and your Father. I need to go to my God and your God. I've not yet ascended. I haven't, I haven't fixed redemption yet. But I'm going to tell you, church, you want to know what hunger and thirsting after the things of God looks like? Jesus just pushed pause on the most important task that was ever, 
that was ever called forth the redemption of mankind. I mean, he, put, he pushed pause on it and went to go fill a girl that was hungry and thirsty. Jesus said, man, man, those angels, they're not quite doing it. They, they can't do it. I'm going to have to stop. Father, just hold on one second. I got to stop. There's a woman crying out for me over here. There's a woman that's desiring me over here. The boy, where are your boys? I don't know where the boys left. They, 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 they went back to the house. But, but there's one woman. There's one woman, amen, that, that will not allow anything to get between me and her. I got to go. I got to go meet her. I go, I mean, he pushed pause and set his blood to the side for two seconds, said, listen, Mary, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Now, why don't you go tell the boys that should be here with you? You go tell the boys. Amen. You go meet me in Galilee. Tell them I'm risen. Amen. The first evangelist in the Bible was a woman. Why? It was produced out of a place of, of uh, intimacy. Church, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, these things have been stirring on the inside of me at church. If we can just get back into that place, I'm telling you, I believe we can make the earth, you know, the rotation of the earth go the opposite direction if we can just get intimate enough with him. Hmm? Not worrying about time. Not worrying about feelings. Not worrying about anything else but him. Amen. Hunger and thirsting after him. I pray. I pray that this will not just be a revelation that God's been giving me. Oh, my Lord, I pray that he gets filled with this church. Amen. That it's not pastor's revelation. No, it's our revelation. Amen. What God's desiring to do into each and every one of us. Amen. I'm going to tell you, we, we, we allow, allow that hunger. Allow it. See, many of us, it's there. We're just stopping it. We're quenching it. Amen. Allow it to, allow it to consume you. Amen. Allow it to change everything in your lifestyle. Just submit yourself into it, and I will promise you, you'll see amazing things be released in your life, things that, things that you're not even hunting after. It'll just begin to show up. Amen? I mean, can anyone be in agreement with that today? Amen. I know I've kept you for a long time here, so I'll just, I will pray and I'll release. I know maybe y'all want a cup of tea or something, so let's, let's get on with it. So, Father, we thank you. Well, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this word that you're stirring I know you're stirring in my hearts, and I know I've talked to several people here. You're stirring in their hearts as well. Lord, stir it up. Help, help us to stir up the, our own hearts, Lord, so we can receive the things that you have for us. Lord, let, may, our, may, our, may we get a, uh, we, I, want, I, want a day, I want an extra dose of hunger. I want an extra dose of, of thirst, because I know every time we get that way, Lord, you, you come and you fill it for us. So, Lord, I release that upon this congregation. I, I, I release that upon this city. Amen, that there will be a new hunger and a thirst coming upon man and women in, the, in this area, young and old. Lord, that they will begin to, to seek after you with everything that they have. Lord, and as we begin to yield there ourselves, Lord, that it will begin to change our own families at home. It will change our children. It will change our neighbors. It will change, change the environments we walk in, Lord. It will change everything about us because we found ourselves completely submitted. Hmm utterly passionate about you. So, Father, we thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it. And as is the tradition of this church, Lord, we, we stand on Psalms 91. There shall no evil befall us. Neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place. Lord, for you yourself give angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. Lord, you'll bear us up in our hands as they dash thy foot against the stone. 
For you are that good. Lord, there is no wicked plan from a wicked man or the wicked devil himself shall come against us to harm us or distract us off of your call and what you desire for us. Lord, we're protected on the railways, the seaways, the airways, the motorways. Lord, even if we're going down the walk paths, Lord, nothing shall come against us and harm us because we are people that desire to be in the secret place of the Most High. We're abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. And we know there is a consequence from that, Lord. And we get to receive your protection on everything that we do. So we just want to glorify you. We thank you, Lord, for our jobs. We thank you, Lord, as we start this, this new week. Lord, we're starting it right, starting it off with your word. And then we'll go forth and we will make changes. And then even in our job places, Lord, allow our jobs to be a place of ministry. May they see your goodness. May we be so saturated and dripping with your presence, Lord, that people get healed just from us walking in. That people have a, begin to hunger and thirst after what we have just because we walked in. Lord, may your anointing splash off, off of us onto the people that are around us. We thank you for it. We thank you for this church. Hmm. We thank you for what you're doing in this church. We thank you for the ambassadors of Christ you've called each and every one of us to be. Thanking you, Lord. Here at the Island Church, we are covered by your blood. We are empowered by your word. And we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the centre of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie